Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I'm Jarvis Davis. Coming up on today's show, Kirby Smart, he can handle this new world order that we're living in. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party, only on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I am your host, Tanitra Batiste, and joining me today are Jarvis Davis and Brian Gephardt. The Atlanta Football Party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, guys, Looks like as one dog leaves, technically, another decides he wants to stay in Athens. Of course, we'll go between the hedges to talk about that later, and we'll also talk about what's next. But first, let's talk a little bit of top takeaways. We know we're just a day away from winter national signing day. With all the players the dogs have lost to the transfer portal this season, will signing day be enough, Jarvis, to replenish a somewhat depleted roster for 2024? You know, one of the things that I feel like this is like, I think people kind of like got to understand, like, this is kind of the world we live in right now. Like, I've kind of affectionately referred to it as the wild, wild west. When <laughs> we have so many, so many moving parts. And like, I know I've been racking my brain trying to keep up. Like, all right, well, this guy, is this guy in the portal? Or this guy's going to be ready to go back? Or is this guy coming back? Or is he going to the draft? Or are you going to the portal? Like, is he trying to get five mil? Or is he trying to get three mil? You know, all this, it's just so much stuff going on right yeah. now. We have to get used to this. And of course, teams are going to try to pick those guys. That, uh, I, I hate to call them, call them this, but the, 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 the throwaways or the guys who aren't getting that much playing time because this is what this list consists of, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that we're going to have to get used to this. We're going to have to get used to all this movement, all of these teams trying to, you know, because K- Kentucky, hey, good for them. They got Brock Vandergriff. He was a big-time prospect for Georgia, and now he, he's going to get the opportunity to play. So, this is what we have to get used to. And, and then Georgia is on track to still have the number one recruiting class. So I don't like, I, yeah, they're going to be able to get, they're going to get themselves together. I'm sure. <laughs> and Brian, how about you? Do you think with Wednesday, tomorrow being national signing day and just kind of look at all the departures do number one, do they have enough in the stable to at least kind of still be close to who they've been the last couple of seasons. And then number two is, will they continue to pick up recruits to Jarvis's point to still be number one in the class? Yeah, I, I think the answer is I think so, which is like the worst sports media answer possible, right? We got to <laughs> go with a full yes or a full no. But there's, right. so many, there's so many names and with this Orange Bowl coming up, we don't know if they're going to the draft or coming back. Like I, I look at just the wide receiver position, right? What's Rosemary Jack Saint doing? What's Lad McConkey doing? What's Arian Smith doing? What's Dominic Lovick or Ra uh, Ra Thomas? Like, are these guys staying? Are they going? Are they transferring? Or what are they doing? And I think now we're in this game of their their decision depends on what happens tomorrow and which guys ultimately sign and don't sign and and what's going to happen with that. Um, I do miss the fact of signing day being such a big deal and such a big thing because the transfer yeah. portals become this thing, and we've seen it time and time again, even with the you know, a program like Georgia or, or another, you know, other big programs where these three and four stars and, and two stars and no stars, they're just as important sometimes because you get those guys yeah. in and you develop them. But, true, you know, it's, it's hard to tell just in the fact of where are all these other guys going? Are they going to come back? Are they going to stay? Now, I do think a lot of them that haven't announced will be coming back to the program. I would say more of them than not. Um, so I think the answer is yes, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but not not fully yet until we know what happens after the Orange Bowl and who winds up staying and going. 
Yeah. And that's actually a good point because you don't know who's going to stay. They're probably mulling over it and looking to see who comes in in that recruit that uh, early signing day. But I think the other point is this. All eyes are going to be on what happens in the Orange Bowl because some players may actually play so that they get one more audition and then kind of determine what the buzz is for them and what the prospects are for them in the draft and then maybe decide that they actually want to come back for another season with Georgia. So we shall see how it plays out tomorrow. It's going to be interesting. And we'll talk about some more interesting things that keep playing out seemingly minute by minute for this Georgia team. Now, Georgia wins in the transfer portal have been somewhat few and far between. We really haven't heard a lot of big wins for them as of yet. Could change on Wednesday. So, BG, what do you think Kirby Smart can do to, in the meantime, retain players like Javon Bullard and Tate Ratledge if those players don't wait until, say, an Orange Bowl to make a decision? I think Kirby's going to keep doing what he always does and be a full-on salesman in the sense of, Go look at that draft from last year. Go look at that draft from the year before. If you stay one more year and you do this, like you take a look at a guy like uh, Cedric Van Pran. I mean, he should be the first center or second center taken this year, where last year he was probably a third or fourth round guy. Um, exactly. you know, coming back, He probably made a little NIL money. I don't know exactly what he may have made or, or, or not, but bringing a guy like that back and developing even more. And now he's the guy at center in this draft coming out in that, in that way. So I think it's just, hey, look at this development. The track record's there. You look to this draft class, look at what we've done in the last, you can be another one of these first rounders. You can be one of these dozen guys that go. Um, so I think that that's the the biggest thing for him. And I also think it's going to be, Hey man, we've got unfinished business now. You know, like we came back like, and a lot of these guys that have the chance to leave do have a ring or two rings, but do you really go want to go out on that loss to Bama? Don't you want to get Bama back? Don't you want to come and do this again? So um, and, and Kirby's one of the best closers there is in college football. So I think that those two things are, are what he's going to use in his toolbox there. And BG, I think you, you make a great point because here's the thing. We all understand what the development process is when you get to Georgia, right? Because you may have to wait because there's a five-star who may be an inch better than you, right? And I, and I love what they were able to, to do this year at the left guard spot. You got Michael Morris and, and um, Dylan Fairchild, those guys rotating. And everybody's saying, oh, my God, those guys are – both of those guys are pretty good. So I think there are some things that because, you know, you do that, you get those guys those playing time because if a, t- a guy like Tate Rattles just decides to leave, hey, you can just slide Dylan Fairchild right onto their right guard spot. And you even saw him pop over there when, when Tate Rattles was out. So it's just the the type of job that, that college coaches, specifically Kirby Smart, has to, have to deal, have to do, and mm-hmm. when it comes in this new world that we new world other that we that we're dealing with right now, it is so hard. It is like because like yeah, you can go out there and go pound the recruiting trail because quarterbacks. I mean, coaches have been able to traditionally have done that. But mm-hmm. hey, shoot, you got to kind of stick around on your own campus and say, hey, man, stick around. Right, let's, right. Let's do, <laughs> you know, come on back, come on back. Let's wait another natty. So you know what he's been able to do. You know, not only being able to retain the guys that you have in your roster, like a Tate Rattles, because, you know, if you're not a first-round pick, hey, man, just like BG mentioned, Cedric Van Pran is a perfect example. If you're not a first-round pick, you might as well come on back because that guaranteed money is so much different yeah. in the early round versus being a third or fourth or fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that's an easy sell in my eyes. So I yeah. think those guys – I think Tate Rattles is the guy – that if you ask me to choose, 
I think Tate Ravage is a guy that they'll probably end up coming back for another year. And like we understand what Georgia is. The scouts are gonna always be there. So hey, as long as you stay healthy, you, yeah, you're more than likely you're gonna go higher than you would have if you would have left out this year. Yeah, and that might be one of the sales tools that, hey, look what that guaranteed money can look like. And in the meantime, we'll help you with some NIL deals so that you won't feel like, wow, I still could have you know, profited somewhat if I'd gone into the draft. So I think that that Georgia program is the type of program that can actually do that. And there, there was, a, you know, what you said, BG, I actually want to go back to that because you were talking about the potential for that recruit, uh, excuse me, that receiver room and what's going to happen in that receiver room. And I feel like that might be one of the wins, if you will, whether that's a transfer portal win or tomorrow a recruitment signing day win. I feel like that might be one of the groups where we see a lot of movement. But what are you kind of thinking as far as where Kirby Smart might go in, in terms of a position group? Yeah, it, well, it looks like London Humphreys is going to come over from Vanderbilt. That has it's been reported, but not fully, you know, through. And nothing's done until it's done in this world, and, and yeah. anything that we do, for sure. Uh, it, it's it, interesting because I think there's such a big opportunity at wide receiver, and part of that's with Brock Bowers leaving. I mean, Oscar Delps are yeah. a really good player, and obviously that's the tight end position. But you've got Carson Beck coming back. You have this great schedule. Who's going to be that guy that emerges as, as that person? Even if Aladdin McConkey comes back, you're going to need somebody else to be that person along with him. Is it going to be, a, you know, a Ra Ra Thomas or Lovett? Do they take that next step and go there? But there's this yeah. huge opportunity to have one of the best quarterbacks in the country is coming back, a, a proven starter, a guy that'll probably be in the Heisman conversation based on his play next year. Do you want to be his go to receiver? And that's one thing, too, that Kirby still hasn't fully unlocked at Georgia and Georgia as a program really hasn't mm. fully unlocked. I mean, there's been, you know, A.J. Greens and Terrence Edwards and, and guys like that. But overall, no one ever thinks about Georgia as the wide receiver school. So I think there's a massive opportunity. And the other position, real quick, is for me, running back, which is just weird to say at, at, at Georgia. You know, we still don't know what Kendall Milton's going to do or Dejon Edwards. Those decisions are are to be determined. Uh, Trevor Etienne likes, looks like he may be coming over. And I think that's really important because – I don't think Georgia was what they've normally been at running back this year. I think you saw a really good stretch from Milton for about a month, but they need to get back to being that again, especially with losing a guy like Brock Bowers, they need a, a playmaker to really emerge to make another run at a national title. Yeah. And someone like a Rara Thomas, it would be good to see him for an entire season because we did see him kind of be hampered for injury. But if you get him a hundred percent for a hundred percent of the season, probably a really good look for Georgia. Now we're going to go a little deeper between the hedges because of course we got some tea to tell you about when we come back. Hey guys, if you have passion, drive and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, 
it's easy to turn your car into an MVP and bring home that win. So don't forget to go to ebaymotors.com. That's how you keep your ride alive. Your ride or die, go to ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, guys, so let's take it deeper with the news of the day. Kind of started, of course, late last evening, and then we got some more news uh, later uh, this morning. Yeah, some more news later this morning. Yeah. Uh, Carson Beck is running it back, as you have, you guys have already kind of teased or mentioned in the first segment. Beck announced yesterday that he's returning for his senior season in 2024. Now, Jarvis, this past weekend when Beck announced was that he was going to also play in the Orange Bowl, did that pretty much give away or tip the hand of the fact that he was coming back for his senior year? Absolutely, because here's the thing. A lot of times when these cats are going to the NFL draft, they don't play in these bowl games anymore, especially when you're a top quarterback prospect. So because we heard Jaden Daniels, he announced that he was going to the NFL, and he's like, oh, I'm not playing in this bowl game. There's no reason for me to do this. I have nothing else to prove. It's time for me to start working out, get my agent, and I'll do and start doing that and going through that process. So um, that was kind of, definitely kind of like a, a hint at it. And then he was practicing with the team, too. So it's kind of like, all right. You're gonna practice with the team and then announce that you're not going to go to you're not gonna play with them in the bowl game and, and go to the NFL. So it's kind of like, oh, so you know, it's but it's cool that he's coming back. And I think that ultimately, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, if you're not a first round pick, if you don't get that first round grade, like go ahead and go and get another year in because especially unless you're a running back, if you're a running back, because you know. The more cares you take, the less money you make in yeah. college. And I think that, you know, James Cook is prime example of that. Because, oh, like, he wasn't that good in college. Yeah, he wasn't. He was really good. He just could get the ball because there were so many other people could get in the rocks. <laughs> they just spread it around so much. So right. I think that, you know, being in that type of system, you know, that Carson Beck is in with, with Mike Bobo at the helm of calling plays and, and how that offense would look to be clicking even when they didn't have a, a running back that you can necessarily depend on. You know, Dejan Edwards came on a little bit earlier in the year. Then Kendall Milton finally got healthy, and he started yeah. coming along. So I think all those kind of factors kind of came into play when Carson Beck, you start to see the arm strength. You start to see being able to find his wide receiver and not necessarily focusing on one guy and spread that ball around. So he kind of played his way into being an NFL draft prospect, and I feel like he made the right decision coming back. And saying, you know what? Let me raise it up a little bit more because that schedule is going to be rough this year. Mm-hmm. If he can yeah, come up, if he can come, if he can get, get some day. good performances, T against uh, Texas and against uh, Alabama. Oh my goodness! You're talking about some real money being made. Exactly. And Brian, I was thinking the same thing. My mind went to the SEC uh, awards, if you will, right? And he ends up, in terms of their their All-American team, he ends up second team Mm. in the SEC. So most of your media who's been following them day by day, some of your coaches for multiple awards are saying, no offense, but you might not even have shown as the best quarterback in the SEC if you you take the the totality of the season. So again, you look at him and kind of that Orange Bowl kind of tipped his, may have tipped the hand. And then, of course, we got confirmation last night that he'll be running it back for next year. Yeah, with back to what you guys alluded to, it the, the schedule for next year, I think that's so important for him because as many questions as Carson Beck answered this year, and 
he's the starter. He's the guy. He's a really good player. He's got a lot more that he could do, right? You, you lost yeah. technically and didn't yeah. play great against the best opponent that you played this year away from Athens. You know, there wasn't a lot of big road tests this year. Tennessee wasn't what they were last year, and that game kind of went how it went after that first touchdown was given up. But now you get a chance to put on film what you do at Austin, what you do at Tuscaloosa, what you do at Ole Miss next year. And you get to answer the question of, okay, are you were you just a product of the system this year and kind of feeding Brock Bowers the ball? Or are you going to develop guys too? Are you going to be the reason that these receivers and these tight ends, that they grow and they're the next step? Because now he's the guy on offense, right? Yeah. Like it was Bowers' yeah. offense, even though it's so weird that it's a tight ends offense. But now, now it's his. Now it's yeah. fully his reins. It's year two in it. And plus, you know, you didn't accomplish what the what Stetson did those two years prior. And that's always going to be looming in your head. So um, I think there's a lot of things that he can still prove going into next year, even though he still played well this season. Yeah. I think you make a great point, BG, because we think about the moments that Stetson Bennett had, right, whether it be in a national championship game and, and being able to, you know, come make the necessary play or make those big time throws because Stetson Bennett was known as, hey, he might mess up, you know, in the in the in these low level games, but he, he can dog on. He's gonna come up big for you when the lights are, are shining the brightest. And I think that Carson Beck has the opportunity to do that with the teams that are on the schedule next year. And I think that's that's I think that says a lot about who Carson Beck is. That's from a competitive standpoint because you know, yeah, I got two rings, you know, being on the team, but I want to get one of my own. And I think that you know, I think that's the type of players uh, that Kirby Smart is bringing in. And I th I'm sure Kirby had a really good feeling that he was going to come back anyway. Indeed, and you mentioned the defining moments. We really haven't seen that defining moment from Carson Beck just yet. And you know, Stetson Bennett the fourth had so many defining moments that he walked himself right into the fourth round of the draft last season when there was a time where, of course, he wasn't even on Georgia's team. And then when he was on that team, he was an afterthought when it comes to an NFL draft. So yeah, one year back and it could make all the difference for Carson Beck. Now on the flip side, Dylan Riola flipped from Georgia to Nebraska Monday, made it official after a visit there this weekend. And Rayola, who was the top pocket passing quarterback in the uh, ESPN recruiting class for 2024, made a real nice acceptance video, I guess you'd say, slash decommit video for <laughs> all the world to see. So now, you know, you look at this for me, and this is, this is my opinion, but committed to Ohio State early in May 22, only to decommit and choose Georgia in May 23. Now we're in December of 23, and he's choosing Nebraska. Brian, do you think the dogs dodged a bullet with Dylan seeming to be so uncertain in his comments, or or do you think Ohio State to Georgia to Nebraska is just the way it goes down in the world with its transfer portal? Um, I You know, with him, I, I'm not really sure, because he seems so indecisive, even though he seems like such a, a, a good player, and I wish him nothing but the best of luck in that situation. I think ultimately, and he could have gone anywhere. It, it, it seems like maybe Nebraska found a little coin, but it also seems like he wants to play too. And once he finally kind of figured yeah. out, maybe Beck was the guy. I mean, there's a good chance he's not even the backup next year. I mean, that, that job's Gunner Stockton to lose as far as being the backup with Vandergriff moving on it and that. So he's, if he were to step into a situation where, all right, I'm the third string guy and I can go here, 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 or here. And these guys know, and I, and I appreciate the players taking advantage of this type of stuff. It's frustrating from fan bases' point some, sometimes, but yeah. like Dylan Rayola can go to Nebraska 
And if the first season doesn't go well or he doesn't like it, guess what? He can get up and bounce. He can go to Ohio State. There's right. no reason to say he won't be Georgia's quarterback, starting yeah. quarterback in 2025. Yes. You can go right yep. back to Athens if you want. So it is crazy that it's the Wild West from that standpoint. Um, to answer your question, yeah, I think so. Because I think um, as far as on the commitment level, that's such an important thing for, for Kirby. And that's something that he's drilled in with this group. And Jarvis, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that for me is I don't necessarily look at it as him being indecisive. It kind of look I kind of look at the decision to go to Nebraska as it kind of makes sense. Because here's the thing, your dad played there and he was great and went on to play in the NFL. So I feel like you're in a space where this is something that you should consider. You should consider yeah. from the get-go. You know, that's the only if if I if that's my only criticism. So yeah. For me, I really feel like he's the type of person that, you know, it, it, he wants to be wanted, obviously, uh, because like when you are moving across country and obviously he has the means to do so because, hey, dad played in the NFL and, you know, for a long time. And so, you know, and he uncle just got a 53 percent raise. Right. Aunt just got the big boy raise. <laughs> so and you <laughs> stuck around after he was on the previous staff that was there. So it's. It's a lot of little moving parts that saying, you know what? It was a lot of little red flags of saying, okay, why are you going to Georgia again? So for right. him to make a decision and say, you know what? It's time. I'm going to go ahead and do that. I, I really feel like there is there is, a, uh, there is a time where he's in a space where he has to be able to do what he needs to do. He made mm-hmm. a decision for his family. And I have no, to be honest with you, I have no, no issue with that in today's world. Yeah. And I think for me, it just kind of bothers me because we're on team number three, but it's the, the lay of the land these days. So it's not like we haven't seen it in other players. I think it was just so shocking because we weren't ready to see it or didn't think we were going to see it in him until literally just days before his visit to Nebraska. Now stick around because we are going to talk what is next up for not just Georgia, but some other players. You don't want to miss that. We'll be back in just a minute. So listen, PG just wasn't thinking that he wanted to talk about this particular thing. You know, maybe just let Jarvis and Tanisha talk about it. And then he changed his mind and he came back to us. So we love it when BG returns to the fold. And so BG, I'll start with you returning to Georgia for the 2024 season versus going into the transfer portal, which he could have done or declaring for the draft, as we talked about, he could have done. Seems like to us, I think we agree that the best move for Carson Beck was to return to Georgia. Georgia gives him the best option for a championship. If you think about the fact that most of the top college teams will be secure at QB next season. But speaking of them being secure at next season, but some of their coach, excuse me, some of their quarterbacks moving on, you look in that 2024 NFL draft class that everybody thinks is loaded. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy. You look at that bunch and how good is that group such that you would say, hey, Carson Beck, maybe you want to kind of wait a year before you you move on. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point with that. And sorry for going Dylan Rayola on everybody. I just, I wasn't enjoying <laughs> it. I had to bounce for a minute and come back. You know, my bad. So I'm here. So the money bag guy came and now, now I'm in the room, but uh, no, and I think, I think that Carson Beck point you make it, I think that's, that's maybe what he got back the feedback with all these other quarterbacks in the first round. Like you're not, you're not in that group. I don't think, you know, and I, you probably got that scout evaluation because those guys always, always check that thing out. Um, I think that that's big for him. And then I think, 
you know, if he does come back and, and has a good season and plays well on the road and does all these things and gets back to, because unless something crazy happens next year in this expanded playoff, George is going to be in that 12 team playoff, even with two losses on that schedule say, so he's going to have all this extra film oh, with yeah. all these good matchups. That's going to be really good for him. And again, this year, he wasn't put in a lot of those situations. And when he was against Bama, he didn't perform great. So I think if he comes back and plays and takes that next step and does even better, he will be a first round pick in that following year. And he, and he is probably making that right decision with all these other guys going in, in the class. Indeed, JD. And that's one of the things that we didn't talk about in between the hedges, but it's so it's if the class ends up like we think it will end up right. Mm -hmm. It's so deep. It's so deep. I mean, these quarterbacks probably could all go in the first round, especially because we have seen a third of the NFL teams this 2023 season go down. And the backup came through, or Jarvis, if not the second backup, in some cases, the third backup was the person that was taking the field. So this also might be an opportunity. They're going to get their opportunity to shine and go in the first round. You could be that guy in the second round or the first, even the first round next year. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, and to, to to even bring it home as far as how, how the NFL is so starved for quarterback talent, like the Minnesota Vikings flew in Josh Dobbs, didn't practice with the team, and played against the Falcons and got a win. Yeah. Right, fifty-seven-year-old Joe like Josh Flacco. Dobbs. Joe Flacco played at fifty-seven. Joe Flacco, <laughs> Joe Flacco is 65. Got his AARP card in his back pocket out there taking snaps. You know, so it's just it just kind of shows you like this is why I feel like this class is probably going to get a little bit too much hype because we see it every year, y'all. Like they keep it funky. And it's every time we see, oh yeah, there are three or four guys who have first round talent, and then yep. one of them end up being pretty good, and the rest of them end up being you know what, you know. So I think oh, that not, yeah, I know what. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know what. Yeah. So I, I think that you know Carson Beck did make the decision, and kind of and it was something when we kind of before we we had talked about it before, and I kind of like did some research and everything. And then I saw um, you know how they rank the quarterbacks and everything, how they come out. I think mm -hmm. they had. Carson Beck ranked either the fourth or fifth um, um, quarter uh, rated quarterback in this mm -hmm. draft. He would have come out. And I kind of went back and looked at who was the fourth or fifth rated quarterback, uh, quarterback last year. In previous mm -hmm. draft, it was Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker went mid-round. So, you know, you just kind of think is. about like, all right, if I'm the fourth or fifth guy if, and these scouts have watched my tape and but they haven't had a chance to talk to me and they haven't done individual workouts – so it's only so far you can go when when you start that low, right? You know, you, you can't go from four to one. That's not happening, you know, because we know who Caleb Williams is and Drake May is. So I, I think that when you look at it from that standpoint of and just kind of be real, be real with yourself and saying, all right, if I'm the fourth or fifth guy, maybe I could jump to three, and that's still a possibility I may fall into the second round. So I think that those are some of the things that I really feel like that you know Carson Beck took into consideration, and it just really gives you a good peek into what this quarterback draft class could look like this year. And you could be sitting at the top of it if a couple of games go your way. Well, we have some players who at least have maybe not those quarterbacks that we mentioned other than Jaden Daniels, but you have some more players out there who have already said, yeah, we're good here. And they've moved on. And Carson Beck, if he has a 2024 season like we think he'll have, he'll be doing the same thing this time next year. So thanks for stopping by the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs football talk. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and come back for the Hawks postcast tomorrow night.